I'm William Andreessen, host of Speaking with Students, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows in the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Tech Podcast. This is Josh, and I am joined by Will. Ha ha! We, we nailed it. Ha-ha. We did it. Okay. Look at that intros. Uh, anyway, I took. We podcast. wrote the script down. Yes, we wrote the script down. That was not no, not the script. Was, you know, we did practice for at least twenty minutes. Not really. I wish. I'm, that never happens. Anyway, I took podcast. It's another week, another podcast, another episode, another fun things. Another know. interview. Uh, yeah, another interview. This has been a weird, uh, a weird year, a weird season. We've been, we've been like people have asked us about being yeah. on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know what to I'm do like, with ourselves. I'm like what? And like somebody knows who we are. That's fun. Um, Will and I simultaneously in this week, okay, have interviewed or interviewing now, which we will share. Um, a person who reached out to us, uh, which I'm super happy they did, and uh, we spoke in a classroom this week we should probably crazy. Like mention that offhanded uh here uh will and i like came to a classroom yeah as the podcast people you know and if any of you um, are still listening thanks for having us in class it was it yeah. was fun hopefully it yeah. wasn't useless to you <laughs> yeah i kind of this is like one of you at least one of you still listening there's been mentally in my head thinking they for those who don't know on the high tech podcast they were forced to listen to us it was a requirement. Um, and, uh, yes, yes, it was a requirement. So uh, it'd be interesting to see if they they continue. I don't know, uh, but we had a, we had a ton of fun. If you're listening, we had a ton of fun talking with you guys this week. It was super cool. Um, Will and I really enjoyed it. A lot of really good discussions around online learning and technology in general, and uh, really uh, fabulous questions from the class. I got to be honest. Um, yep. It was the one asking us about like how to how to build basically how to build how to build ahead of time online experiences that you can be more flexible in for needing to accommodate students. And I wonderfully yep. went, Will, I think you should answer this first. Um, <laughs> and then I get, think you I, gave, you give a great answer. It was, it was a oh, solid thanks. answer. Uh, so uh, as I would expect from the great Will Illingworth. Um, anyway, so we did that this week and we also got an interview. Okay. We interviewed this week, Uh tool, uh, argue flow reached out to us a while ago about the possibility of being on the podcast. Um, and we were super, we're super excited about this one because this is a newer tool um, that literally just kind of launched their first version of the tool. Um, yeah. As you'll hear uh, mentioned in this interview, um, the uh, it's, what did he call it? Like version zero or something? Yeah, yeah. He's um, like, we're, like, we're planning version one and we're planning version two is like, that means you're on version zero, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, which to his credit, I said, uh, it's okay. Some Microsoft tools are on version 12, but really they're on version zero. Uh, I'm looking oh, at you, yeah. Microsoft Loop. Yeah, yeah, you know what you are. Loop? You... Yeah, did you not hear about this? What's Loop? Oh, let's take a hot second before going into this interview to talk about Microsoft Loop. What is Loop? Uh, it's basically Notion, if Notion wasn't cool. Um, <laughs> this is my hot take, okay? Like, it literally looks exactly okay. like Notion. Okay. Like, uh, we, yep. can, we can talk about it afterwards. No. Um, I Googled it, looked, it here. I got enough. No, I don't even yes. want to give it more airtime. Nope. It, nope. Yeah. Anyway, 
Um, but it, it sucks. If you're listening to me, Microsoft, that's your version zero. You should probably get some databases in that thing. Um, not a sponsor. Not a sponsor. Anyway, uh, but ArgueFlow, version zero, already looking pretty cool. So we are going to be talking to Nick from ArgueFlow um, and uh, getting his perspective on the tool. And quite honestly, a lot of other things too. Nick, uh, well, we, we started in five seconds in and Will and I are like, whoa, this guy is too smart for the two of us. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> five seconds i was like oh he started yeah. speaking and i was done I was like, Whoo, okay. he, he definitely instigated some of the ron swanson in me though which i really appreciate oh, yeah. and and i'm he, looking forward to yeah. yeah you'll hear in the interview he basically said will's two favorite words which were like um well no this makes you sound like you're all about money that's not the case at all <laughs> two of probably will's like five favorite words which was burn down the system yes, um yes. like burn it down and then uh profit like that was those yes, were... <laughs> yes, yes those are things i enjoy talking about in my, yes. my private space anyway so uh without further ado let's talk to nick from argueflow and hear about uh how to debate uh online through the soul all right so we are here with nick from argueflow and nick i actually lied to you I said we had all the questions written down, but here's the on-the-spot easy question. Tell us a little bit about you, right? So you're starting up ArgueFlow, but like I think you mentioned in some prep here, like you've got a computer science degree. What what's kind of your background uh, that's bringing you to our time today? Yeah, um, so I guess like two relevant parts. Uh, one is I have my computer science degree. I just got that this past December. Um, congratulations yeah it's a bachelor's in science from ut austin i am very happy that it's over um (laughs) uh then i guess like the other kind of like relevant parts going back a little bit earlier than that is um i think a competitive debate all throughout high school um okay i played sports all throughout high school i think that was quite a bit of an academic but i had like a really uh it's somewhat like i think relevant to the product of argue flow uh, I really yeah. disliked education, like really hated it. Uh, yes. <laughs> I was, uh, I think my primary motivation for being good at education, I was very good at education. Uh, I think I, I was in like the top 2% of my high school class. Um, Dang. I okay. got a perfect ACT score. And the motivation for all that, like, wasn't really that I cared. Um, I still don't think that I got any value out of doing any of that. It was more just for the sake of being able to say, I think education is bad. And no one can call me and say I'm sour grapes because I was good at right. it. Right. So, uh, cause okay. I think, yeah. Or, uh, so I think that, um, yeah, which is, I think is like a big thing that I carry like with ArgueFlow or like with these kind of like educational products I'm building a lot of those problems that I felt existed. Um, I feel like I feel very passionate about trying to solve them. Um, and mm. I've, I've tried to like build a portfolio and resume that will enable me to solve those problems. Um, yeah, I think like other pieces of my background that are a little bit relevant is through college. I worked the first job I actually had was at Nelnet. I chose to work at yes. Nelnet specifically, if you guys are aware of it, because they are an education based company. I worked on yep. their team doing payments like credit card and ACH payments, but what attracted yeah. me there is that I wanted to kind of be in an education area. Um, it was like, ironic that I was working on the payment side of that, but like I really enjoyed working there. Like the clients they had and the people, people's problems I was getting to solve was like something I was right. really happy about. Genuine, interesting, challenging. Yeah. And that's me, really funny though. Cause that was with uh, I'm pretty sure that was what my first student loan was with Nelnet. Yep. So I don't know if it's the same yeah. Nelnet, but that was the case. Yeah. 
I it like is. to think secretly because I had the same thing, Nick. So maybe like Will and I technically met you already. You know? <laughs> like <Yeah. we're... laughs> that is the same company. Um, but That's yeah, amazing. I worked at Nelnet for a bit. I transitioned into the Web3 space. Um, yeah, I really don't like big tech. So like, you know, a little bit of insider baseball. But like you guys were talking about like yeah, Microsoft or I shouldn't swear. I'm sorry. You guys were talking about speaking That's negatively good. of Microsoft and I really yeah, am yeah. anti-big tech in general. So um, I kind of like shifted over after working at Nelnet to working at like a crypto Web3 kind of startup, um, okay. which I know gets a lot of flack uh, whenever I bring that up with people. But it's something <laughs> that I, I care. I, I really like doing. It was like really exciting to get to work on and learn about that space and how it works. Um, yeah, like maintains bizarre to me that if I were to add payments to Flow, I have to give Stripe 3%. Like, or oh, whoever, yeah. oh. it's a little bit bizarre. Like people, I guess, recently, especially talk a lot about there not being a use case for crypto. And I'm like, eh, if we could get it to mass adoption stage, then like the entire economy could be 3% more efficient. Um, <laughs> I was, I was a hey, quick tangent. I will accept this, right? I'll accept this. This yeah. is this total. We love tangents on the high tech podcast. I go to a local central market to do my grocery shopping most weeks and most of it. And uh, it's, it's, three dozen vendors, four dozen vendors, I don't know, right? And they all have their own stands and they all choose either to accept cash or to accept card in cash, right? But every single one of them then is getting charged on every single one of their credit card requests 3% or whatever it is, right? And I'm just thinking to myself like, man, it feels like there's an opportunity here with this larger group of people. They should be trying to unionize of some sort and contract for a cheaper rate across all of them because not all of them do use credit cards, right? So because they're probably trying to save the fees. Well, if they could give all of them 2% and they ran on one POS, it could be a more lucrative contract for everybody it could serve more people because i i don't go to some stands because i, I only want to use my credit card right uh but the the point of these stories aside you know the, the you goal... just hit, like will's favorite spot right there you were like you were like out with the system and also save money like you said those two things and will's like i'm on this right now <laughs> The only other thing I need is a, is a nice cold pint and that would be called <laughs> yeah. a night, right? Like that, that's a good time. Um, no, but I think at, at the core of this, I will try and focus this tangent into something educational. Um, there is a drive there that challenges the status quo and says we can do better. I, I know that that's a lot of my heart when it comes to education. I'm definitely, uh, you know, you pour the gasoline, I'll light the match kind of guy. But um, – <laughs> Education needs a lot of help. And I think that does bring us to our best first question here of, I think, how you're trying to help education with this tool, ArgueFlow. Give us, give us the, at whatever level scope, you know, 30,000 foot or, or five foot uh, approach to ArgueFlow. What are you trying to do with the tool, with the product? I'm going to try to go between there and do like a 15 foot. So love it. The, the core <laughs> idea is I kind of remember being in seventh grade. And in seventh grade was the first time I, the teacher, teach me like answer, prove, explain. Um, I don't know if that's oh. still the format people use. Obviously, a large number of derivatives for that. Um, but answer, prove, explain is, I think, a good one. Uh, the one like tautologically used in debate and argumentative theory is typically claim, warrant, impact. So you kind of like, which is the same thing. Um, it's just less at like short answer response focused. Uh, right. So like you have a opinion on something, you give a claim, then you give a warrant, which is your proof for that. And then you give an impact, which is 
relative to the topic, why your claim matters. Right. So I learned answer, proof, explain a little bit after I learned CWI. And I kind of like saw the, the correlation there and wish CWI was taught first. Because the problem with answer, proof, explain, I think the explain part is very frequently hard for students to grasp. Um, and yeah, and, you know, I had the idea to kind of like build a social media platform I was going to call CWI at the time, which was just going to be a clone of Twitter but every post had to be in a CWI format instead of like a, a mm. single piece of text microblog. I, I didn't have the engineering capacity or like know how to build that at the time. So I kind right, of like right. shelved it. was like, I'll try this again. You know, we're all smiling over here. You could have been the one to buy Twitter. You know what I mean? Like you, <laughs> you take it up. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, I, I wish, uh, but no. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think that kind of got shelved and I, I decided to, try to come back to it a lot later. I think like now kind of knowing what I know, I'm not as interested in the social media space, like trying to build something for social media. Um, right. Yeah. A lot of the economics of it, I've kind of like learned more about over time. And now that I kind of like have the engineering capacity, I feel like somewhat responsible for building things that I think can help more. So ArguFlow is yeah. kind of how that idea transformed. And a lot of it was that uh, I would get in a technical argument with other engineers and it was like very difficult to hash things out recently. You know, you kind of want to, you, you're advocating for one tool and they're advocating for another. And the reality is that both tools can solve the problem, but across different things that the ArgueFlow platform calls values, um, they do different things. So a value is very core to the idea of ArgueFlow. And a value, like, quite frankly, is a word that fits into the statement, I value blank. So okay. an engineer, you know, might say, I value how fast I can build a new feature in the app, which is, hmm. I think, summarized as I value development speed. So like your value right. there is development speed. And if you and I are talking about development speed, and I bring up that the like tool you are advocating for is, you know, terrible at being ergonomic like it's it's terribly hard to learn it doesn't like we're we've completely lost track of each You're other talking past each other yeah and the plot so the idea mm. of argue flow is that you're core you're coordinating your arguments around values for the specific topic um ironically like this is how competitive debate works and i think right. that going through school and education a lot of students who do things like model un or competitive debate get the chance to learn about this. And I think it like transforms what you communicate across your life because you start, you know, thinking about your interactions with people and things kind of along the lines of not only what are we talking about topic wise, but what am I valuing and what are they valuing? And it's like very important as an adult or like throughout your life, even in the academic sense of writing papers and doing research to put yourself in multiple value camps. You, you sh if you're, you should be able to talk about something People a lot of times focus on talking about the pro and the con uh, yep. a lot. But I think that there's like a third nuance there, which is the value. Um, it's You ask people to talk about the pro and the con relating to fairness and also talk about the pro and the con relating to progression or like relating to, you know, achievement. Right. And I think like that's kind of the more important one. And especially now with the creation of things or with large language models growing in scope, 
Um, i.e. chat GPT tools like that, right? Yeah, i.e. tools like chat GPT um, or Facebook's Llama to like give all the brands their own <laughs> Google's Bard to give everyone their shout out. Um, what are they? What is Bing naming theirs or does Bing just call it chat GPT in theirs? Bing, Bing or Microsoft has a has a license to all of OpenAI's technology. So Bing is just yeah, okay, chat GPT. Okay. That's that's yeah. right. They have or, all the money, right? Or Shadow, as it's called itself, the case on Reddit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But a, a lot of what those models can do is those models have like contextual understanding. So if you were to go like nowadays and give that model an essay that was pro a topic and then ask it to write the essay that was con the topic, it can pretty easily do that. But it yeah. doesn't have the ability to switch values because it's more of a human thing that even with contextual understanding of language, you don't necessarily have, you don't have context, you don't have logical understanding or logic fundamentals. Um, hmm. and, and like, yeah, and as a result of, like one thing, I, just brief aside, but ChatGPT performs really well in the bar and really terribly on the LSAT, like horrendously oh, yeah. on the LSAT, which right. I think shows the disconnect uh, between those two tests. And I think it's like, this is common for standardized testing. It's like a huge disconnect in terms of demonstrable understanding versus aptitude or right. foundational understanding. So like with something like the LSAT and the bar, you can fail the LSAT and ace the bar. Like chat GPT proves this concretely. Um, right. And I think like the, the interesting thing there is that while chat GPT can ace the bar, it's probably not going to be a very good lawyer for you. Where he's, <laughs> where he's, a, it, yeah, it might be able to answer the questions, but can it actually deal with the real life situation, the nuances involved in it, yeah. and and why you are or aren't guilty, right? Where he's a student who's coming out of their undergrad or maybe going into their undergrad and can ace the LSAT is probably going to not do well in the bar, but they might actually be a good lawyer for you, uh, right? More so than ChatGPT, and this is kind of like true across the. Like I said, I got a perfect ACT score and I've helped a lot of students study for ACT in high school. And it's like the same thing. Um, you know, it's a great show of like foundational understanding and aptitude, but it's really terrible at like actual, you know, how good are you going to be at doing at Like once you have the degree you want, are you going to be capable of actually fulfilling those duties and tasks or like doing well in that career path? Right. And it's not good at showing that. Um but it's interesting. And the idea of ArguFlow is kind of like for students lifelong who are interested in logical reasoning and being very good at that, very good at presenting topics and arguing and picking up those skills. The idea is to give them a place to like practice that and get some repetitions in. Um, yep. And that's kind of like what we're building the platform for. The, the idea is really that it can be something you use both to learn how to argue and be effective in your arguments. And then once you feel like you've got a really good concrete understanding of that, you should be able to take ArgueFlow into your day-to-day -day life and use it to resolve arguments at work when you eventually have a job, use it to resolve, you know, personal questions that you're having trouble figuring out. Like sounds like I could have used it earlier today. There's there's a <laughs> yeah. conversation I was having. That... <laughs> I was gonna say I have like five examples of things I could have probably used that this morning. So um, I'm totally behind this. <laughs> yeah, I, I think like it's it's really cool. It has a lot of potential for conflict resolution. It has a lot of potential for like idea board. You know, if you don't know where mm -hmm. you stand on something and you're trying to figure it out, it can really help you with that. 
Um, I think it's like generally going to be, or it already is really a great tool for thought. Uh, and the idea is kind of like further develop it and add, you know, more features that make it better uh, and more viable. And then hopefully bring that into the classroom. And yeah, and where, where we stand now with it is like that stage of, we have a working product. If you go to uh, argueflow.app.argueflow.gg, I heard on your last episode, you were talking about the IO domain. We went with yep. the .gg. Um, <laughs> um, if you go to app.argueflow.gg, you can use it. It's complicated to use. So I recommend going to docs.argueflow.gg first. Um, and you can read all about like our approach, what we're trying to do, and then also figure out how to use the application. And you can use it now. It, like It works. It functions. It's missing some features, but uh, it's live. Yeah, I love that. And and just for the listener's purpose, D-O-C-S dot, like not D-O-X or anything <laughs> like that. Docs as in documents, <laughs> plural, dot arguflow dot a app, uh, G-G, sorry. Um, no, that's awesome. And because like one of the things we love about the high tech podcast, of course, is finding high tech things. This is this is as high tech as it can get. Also, <laughs> without venture capitalists involved, uh, so far as it seems, right? Like, not yet. This is yeah, right. If anybody knows anybody, <laughs> um, but like you are at the the ground floor of building this out, and I love that this is coming from such a, a fantastic mission. Um, yeah, actually, very yeah. proud of that. We built this. Uh, me and my buddy Denzel. Uh, the majority of the engineering work, I think also to give uh, someone else a shout out, Amara uh, is the name of another developer that helped us. And then awesome. uh, my my girlfriend, Tay, also did all the design work. And we completely bootstrapped this thing. Um, very like complex app to build. It's open source. So if anyone wants to look at the code, they can. But cool. we bootstrapped it in two months, which was quite the engineering effort for young wow. engineers like myself and Denzel. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, built the whole thing. We, we also like a little bit of inside on the engineering, but the most common framework people are choosing nowadays to build stuff like this is called React. Yeah, uh, I'm familiar. And we went with SolidJS, which is a little bit okay. faster, more performant. The app is like actually so complex. Uh, if you guys like try it out later or look at it, there are so many things going on that React wasn't performant enough. So we wow. tried building it with React, oh, wow. and like we quickly realized that wasn't going to work, and we pivoted to Solid. Um, we talked about that like on our stream. As we've we've coded the whole thing pretty much live too. I think there was a week wow. where I went kind of like ham on one of the portions, <laughs> not live, uh, <laughs> but um, but most of it was got got built live. Yeah, I was gonna say I was looking at your Twitter before we were coming on to do the the podcast because. Uh, I mean, breaking the fourth wall of the podcast, as we often do. Will was the one communicating about what was going on, and I was kind of just Surprise. randomly asking questions. Um, and uh, so I logged in on Twitter, and that was what I was really surprised and also just thought it was super cool. Like, your Twitter is just mostly you on Twitch, like, just live coding um, and uh, or having, like, uh, group coding or uh, working in there as well. So it was uh, just super cool that you guys are, like, doing that live while you're also – it's open source, but you're also sharing what you're – you're doing with people, which I, I think is super cool. So, yeah. And we're going to probably keep that. Um, we, yeah. I, I really believe in like open source, like another, another side, but I really believe in open source. It's kind of like uh, if we treat like, if we treat coding as a fundamental skill, we're interacting with so much software on a day-to-day basis that if you learn how to code, or even if you know someone else learns how to code uh, using something and not liking it, 
but then not having the power to like change it yourself, I think is very frustrating and also like oh. unnecessary. We have, you know, things can be open source. The majority, a lot of things can be and be economically viable while being open source. And if you can figure that out, then if you're having an issue with something and you have the engineering capability, you can go fix it yourself. And I, I really kind of like believe in the power of that. And for a tool that's designed for education specifically, I really believe it's important. Um, like we yeah. really at RUFO like care a lot, a lot about that. And we plan to be open source, you know, forever. If we get much capital investment, we're still going to be open source. And yeah, we'll make that economically work somehow because I'm very passionate about that. I love that. Yeah. And and yeah. ironically, even even today, I was experiencing kind of the fruits of someone like yours labor. That was a weird statement. How it came <laughs> yeah, out is fine. It sort of makes um, sense. We'll go with it. Josh and I, you know, uh, hashtag not a sponsor, now use these tools called uh, PC panels. Thank you, Josh, for finding it, purchasing it first. Yeah. Thank you but for I... rudely buying the nicer version than I bought. <laughs> and, uh, you know, whatever. It's fine. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's got RGB. You know, it just it controls all of wow, my audio really, levels. Wow, you're really pushing for the sponsorship. <laughs> Hashtag not a sponsor yet. <laughs> um, but I, I, hey, here you go. This is why they're not a sponsor. I'm going to throw them right under the bus. I downloaded their stock software and I was like, oh, it's cool. Let's set the, my things. And it wasn't working as well as I expected it to or not what I wanted. And I was like, come on, this is, this sucks. So I go to Reddit. Of course I go to Reddit and there's a whole sub committed to PC panel. And there's this one guy who a year ago or more found the same problems and just started writing his own version. So he downloaded their software, whatever he had to do. I'm not an engineer. I know some stuff, but he made his version of their platform and he has now done a whole fork where it's just his setup. And I was like, dude, I'm done with PC panels. Like there's is like 70 features behind his at this point. Cause he listens to the Reddit community and just adds stuff. Um, and I was like, this is, this is the way we can change the future, right? Anybody can just step up and make a better product than the, than the last guy. And I, I love that. Yeah. Well, and I love the premise of it in education too, right? To, to your point, Nick, like the, we, we learn a lot better from each other. We can push each other to be better in areas. And that's what we try to do even in community learning so like having our tools being the same way where uh we can learn from each other and push each other to be better and still not be afraid of uh losing economic value of our of our software a lot of times in those areas you find people who maybe find something or come up with something that can even make your product better at the end of the day um just because we shared knowledge um and did that so i think it's super cool very cool yeah um so i guess a question i have nick that i think a lot of our listeners will have as we're listening to it We've broken down. I've learned a lot about uh, engineering things I didn't know about or um, things. That I was super happy. We're taking I a ton of notes. <laughs> yeah, I'm super happy. I knew React. I was like, cool. I think I know that he just mentioned. I was like, I know what that is. Um, I barely know how to use it, but I know what that is. Um, so, uh, but what walk, walk them through kind of, so you've got a very, you were talking a little bit beforehand. I know there's stuff you want to enhance about or do it, but you've got a basic product that's out that can be usable what does the student experience look like? Like, so kind of just talking through a little bit, what does that experience for a student, how does it kind of help them through and learn the, the argument um, system you're talking about? Yeah. So it's a little bit clumsy right now, but the way the basic flow is that you sign on to the app and then you create a topic. 
you go into that topic and then you're going to add a value is like the third step there. So create a topic, enter the topic, add a value. Once you've added a value, you're going to start writing CWI contentions or claim more and impact structured contentions. Then once you've kind of put your contentions down, you can share the link to your topic with anyone else. So it could be a peer, it could be a teacher, it could be a mentor, anyone, and they can jump on and they can add or contentions to the other side. So like, let's say you added affirmative contentions, they could add negative contentions where they're kind of like constructing their own argument. And at that point, the learning is kind of, okay, here's how I wrote my case. Here's how someone else wrote their case. If I do a compare and contrast, how did I do? How did they do? What do I like about mine? What do I like about theirs? Um, then there's the ability for clash. So then the person you who you invited can actually go and uh, count a rebuttal, like make rebuttals on your statements. So they can go mm. and they can say, I disagree with you because of X or Y reason. There are kind of like two categories of rebuttals. One is a warrant rebuttal. A warrant rebuttal is where the evidence is flawed. So like, for example, say that you cited a Wikipedia page that, you know, was very flawed or like the citations to that page were lacking. You Me go, or Josh went and wrote this page, right? Like we know that it's just not good. Got it. Yep. Or, or you cited your own Quora answer. This is like a common thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, Incestual intellect right there. Uh, yeah. Actually a common debate strategy. Uh, <laughs> That's fair. Um, but yeah, you have the ability to rebut that. So you can specifically address why the warrant or why the evidence is flawed. Right. The other type of rebuttal you can have is an impact rebuttal where this is like, I think when teachers grade like SARs, this is frequently the part that the teacher cares about the most. It's, you know, mm. how well does the student tie their analysis back to the thesis um yep. in our argumentative context it's how well did the student or how well did the person i'm arguing with tie their claim to the topic and value is really what you're examining there and when you do a, an impact rebuttal you have the ability to really point out the flaws um in that then you know you have another point of reflection which is like here are the rebuttals i got do I want to concede at this point? Do I, do I actually just think I'm wrong now? Like, do I just think that they actually are correct and they have won or winning and losing? I I'm really battling with these terms in the app. Um, sure. But I, I'm going to say one for now. Uh, so like, right, right. you know, did they win? Did I lose this contention? Should I just give up? Or you have the ability to actually add a counter argument. So you can say, no, 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 your rebuttal is flawed and I'm still good. Another important thing to note, this is kind of like, I, I listened to your guys' ungrading series or the, a couple mm. episodes. I listened to the, a couple of, of what you guys had there. And one yeah, of the yeah. ideas I thought was super interesting was the idea that you want to give students the opportunity to try again. Yes. And after the rebuttal, the counter argument is a place to try again. Um, it's like kind of important to say like in the counter argument, you can you can actually introduce new evidence if it's a warrant rebuttal or they did a warrant rebuttal, or you can restate your explanation um, in that like column. Right. Right. So, right. 
And, and then once all that has occurred, you actually have the ability to summarize the contention, rebuttal, and counter argument for a given statement or for a given contention. Mm -hmm. And your job is then to like, if you are talking to the judge or you're talking to the audience of your argument, explain what you think happened uh, and why you think that your statement should stand or should be something that they take into account when making a decision on the topic. Um, it, really, it is exactly the structure of a competitive debate round. Uh, yes. Competitive debate yeah. made asynchronous. Um, right. Okay. Yeah. And that's like the current flow. I, I think a lot of the features that are missing that we want to add is we want to use some of the large language models to give feedback during that process. So cool. Uh, we like to have large language models like write a suggested summary of what happened, and then large language models like give kind of a like who won, who lost on a given statement. It's like one of our probably like V2, like right now, let's say we're on version zero. Uh, there are some things we want to add to version one, but like in the version two, we want to add that. And I think that's the that's primary cool. thing that will help students learn. It's um, because a lot of these things are just like pattern based. There's a lot of value in speaking in patterns. Like people, right? I think it's like a big gripe with like academic style writing and it's very patterned. Um, <laughs> Like teachers try to like really enforce patterns, but a lot of the reasoning for that I think is is valid. When you're communicating in a group of people, if you're all speaking in the same pattern, it's easier to understand each other. And especially when you're arguing, there is a lot of value um, to speaking in the same pattern. And we, we want to help. And those patterns, these patterns, you you've even like, hey, I did one debate class in my life. That's like a big bummer in my opinion, but like APE and CWI, like I've been writing these things down and keeping notes because I think these are things that might be helpful to show up in our show notes for the episode. Uh, but that's that's it, right? You're saying these are those methods. And if you look at these things, like I know where these things show up in the ways I've had to do proposals. I know these, I, I've yeah. done some academic writing and supported faculty in doing academic writing. And you have to do those kinds of things in your abstract. Like it's not always APE or CWI specifically, right? But there's these, like you're saying, methods or formula to follow to get it done. And academics is built around that. There is this presumption that if we fit the student into this, this, and this sequence, they will then have learned something. And that, I believe that presumption is false. That is just, it's wretched. <laughs> it's not human. Um, but the point that you're saying, like, and I think the assumption you're making there about your language models is that if you are having the learners or the interactants, your, your users, operate in those models, that's predictable patterns that the language models will thrive on. That is stuff that they work in, right? You can say this is the pattern. They'll be able to assess that more effectively. Yeah. And then there's that like human clash element too, which is right. you're like a lot of what I think the large language models will be able to do is the generic stuff. Like it's the, you death, like you wrote your impact and didn't once mention the value inside of that piece mm. and the large language model will be able to detect and alert you of that and be a little immediately. bit immediately and be context aware. Like if the value is fairness and you wrote equality, the large language model like knows that's the same thing. Um, so it, it's, it'll be a very like good implementation of that instead of just like a, right. a, a alert that you're missing the word. Um, right. Right. And I, I'm very like excited about using it there, but then on the logical reasoning side, which is a little bit of what I talked about earlier, 
It's like these large language models, again, are abysmal, abysmal <laughs> at the LSAT. Um, yeah. I, I just love talking about that because it's like <laughs> all of these like AI YouTubers are talking about like artificial general intelligence. And um, I didn't mention this, but actually, like, yeah, I published a paper on the models that like goes on these like machine learning things. And if you talk to any academic, they're like, no, 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 we're going away from that. Like these models are developing to be less general, uh, not more general. Uh, so it's like right. very confusing. If you just give it like an LSAT question, it's so obvious. But the, I feel like it's a little bit manipulative in the media right now uh, with right. like, these things being able yeah. to reason. So, but but that reasoning component it can't do. So that's where I think the human element comes in, and where I think that clash adds a lot of value to learning experience. Um, right. Yeah, and evolving a little bit well, on that, I, I think that like comparing it to Socratic discussions, it's. Um, mm-hmm there's less options. So like a Socratic discussion, especially like with the way that like some of the templates are students have like seven or eight actions they can do or like five right. or six actions. This is a uh, more limiting format. Uh, and I believe like our, our kind of ideas that I think that will be beneficial to some extent and kind of like forcing, yeah. forcing them to like yeah. actually clash across the ideas instead of just saying like, I agree because. Right. Yeah. Well, and, well, and I think of the life, go ahead. Yeah, I was just I was just gonna say I think I like what you're doing there and that like to talk about the pattern component like the thing for me that comes to mind immediately is like is and Will will know this um like my my obsession as I've shared on the podcast at times with project management and like the the pattern that we can create at times for a system for figuring out solutions to problems like basically putting people through a model of saying like identify this problem work through kind of this solution. What are we not going to do? What are we, what are we going to do? It's a pattern that we put people through to kind of force them to think differently when they're looking at solutions and shaping out initiatives. And I think just for like the debate model of what you're looking at is like, yes. Okay. In real conversation, things can look a bit different, but this pattern that you can put through students through of thinking through these things and having these uh, less options to force them to kind of think through arguing with each other and looking at the value statements and looking at those things helps force them to think a little bit differently about conversations about debate um, and can help them to think differently about issues that they're looking at. And to your point, like that, that can be very helpful at the end. I think when you kind of, cause we don't learn how to argue sometimes we just kind of assume we all know how to do it. Um, which uh, I would argue. I would argue. I would argue. Yeah, I would, I would, I would state um, that uh, if history has taught us anything, humanity is quite bad at it. Uh, we need to be uh, better at working through that. So I like what you're kind of thinking through doing there, kind of a model of how to put students through and work through this. Nick, uh, you've also elevated a couple of very important, like psych- psychological, but then, then you know, cognitive psychology plays a lot into the science of learning. You know, like repetition, um, concentrated effort. Uh, reduced distractors, you know, I haven't really gotten in too far, but I like the, the design that I've seen it all together being pretty, pretty slim, you know, the cognitive dissonance necessarily isn't there. Um, that is all good things to get students into a, a learning space where they can just continue to repeat the, the, the risk of repetition is boredom, right? So that's where the opportunity is to, and I think that's your platform, right? They make the value statement. They're the ones that bring the spontaneity, the the change, the option to it, and or the faculty member, right? The 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 teacher, the instructor, the 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 friend who just wants to have a little quick challenge. Um, whoever's instigating 
is the one creating the the newness is bringing the creativity to it where I think the platform will thrive with the user. You know what I mean? Like, like alone, you know, some people might look at this and go, well, you, you need to take ArgueFlow and make ChatGPT make all the value statements. Well, you've already made the case for why it wouldn't necessarily be great <laughs> at that. But like, I think their goal would be so that the students don't get bored or so the students don't get stuck with like, oh, what do I do? Like, I, I suspect, you know, the, the point behind a value statement is I believe something, you know, making a very clear, direct statement. Any of us can do that. I believe Taylor Swift is a fantastic marketer. You know, like that, there's <laughs> there's my statement. I'm gonna be like, um, where are you go with this? I know it's not the direction. Uh, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not a fan of her music, but right, like she and her team, you know, do do a lot of work. I don't need to make my my warrant yeah. and impact here. Thank you very much. I just want to make my claim. We'll, we'll um, take this one argue flow later. We'll, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll break this down. But like that's something someone that's a student's going to care about. That a student's yeah. going to bring that kind of thing to this tool and be able to uh, run it up against their friends. Yep. And like, I was talking with somebody today. We were in a bit of a disagreement. It was totally okay. But there was a moment where you know I I called the question on a value, and he started to respond on something else. It's like, all right, well, totally respect that too. But on this point, the original value I questioned for you. We need to kind of come back and wrestle with that first because that's going to set the premise for everything else that we have going on here. Yeah. Um, ah, this is fast, fascinating. I love to hear not only the science, the uh, philosophy behind what you're doing, but you know, even hearing about how you're playing it out and what the product's going to look like. Josh and I are not concerned with version zero. I've used plenty of things that it's uh, probably yeah. shouldn't even be out yet. And uh, yeah. version zero. If we're going to make fun of Microsoft, yeah. I mean, there's plenty of tools that they're on version 12, and I still feel like <laughs> they're on version zero. Um, so, Oops. <laughs> Would you say that you have, do, do you have a specific audience in mind for the product? Are you thinking it's going to be education? If you're thinking it's going to be education, do you want to see it in K-12? Uh, in high school specific like you know does it get really narrow or we still like just staying pretty broad to see how it hits i i think that you're kind of like looking at like fifth grade and up and fifth grade would be like a like maybe like a g in texas we call it gt which is like gifted and talented maybe it's like okay. it's like for those kids um i really uh sympathize like with the plight of the ahead student um <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. yeah like i, I think that's a lot of a lot of the way I come at education is with myself in mind, like projecting myself on the students. And I was obviously, or not obviously, but I, I was, um, I always ended up being like on the far end of the spectrum, where it was like, like in the outlier percentile, like not on the struggling end, but on the exceeding end, which prevents its own problems. And this yeah. is like for for a classroom in an elementary school where you have students like that. I think this is great. Um, I think it could be like a great outlet for. Like they want to like flex their intellectual muscles and argue and they don't have that space yet. Uh, and also like sometimes arguing like with your peers at that age can be a little bit awkward. Um, so it's a good space for that. And then kind of like middle school onwards, I, I really like would target social studies or ELA, which I'm wrapping social studies under uh, as kind of the, the target for this, like where I think it would fit best. Um, yeah. And then like high school, and college, I think it goes like all the way through higher ed. Um, I think like simultaneously, we're, we're going to try to we're going to try to go after 
markets like venture capital that are making. And honestly, I think that with the current version we have, those will be easier for sales for us. Sure. Because uh, like I said, uh, whatever. Yeah. I think like briefly before I go into that, I want to talk about like the features we're kind of adding next. Um, said cool. a couple things previously yep. that I think were like really good. One is like student engagements. Like how do you engage students? And the thing that I think the app is really lacking now is a sense of liveness. So whenever it comes to like doing a Socratic seminar, if you guys have done them in class, I'm sure you're aware that very frequently one student or maybe a very small percent of the class will dominate. Um, right. They're listening to a lot of, you know, argumentative political YouTubers or like for whatever reason, you know, they're, they're reading New York Times, like way too young of an age. I suffer from these problems. Um, or like their, you know, their, their hobby is Bloomberg live streams. Um, they're, they're the folks that sit in the front row and use all sorts of Latin phrases in the middle of class. Yeah. And annoy yeah. their peers. Will, Will, Will saying that because he may have at one point in a class <laughs> when we were, Will and I went to college together and uh, he may have won. What was it? Um, what was the word? I don't really remember at this point. It was, uh, you know, it's not a uh, carte blanche. It was just carte blanche. Carte blanche. <laughs> he, he drops carte blanche in a college classroom. And that moment when like, even the professor for a second was like, <laughs> and then got it, you know, and the rest of us were like Googling what the heck did Will just say? Um, anyway, sorry. It's a simple one. That's but, a simple but there are students one, right. like that. And uh, that's yeah. also something that I really want to solve. So the idea is um, to, for the, to solve the engagement thing, we're going to make it live. So um, we're going to make it to where it's timed so that, it's Ooh. asynchronous, but timed. So students only have 10 minutes for their statements. And then they yep. only have uh, 10 minutes for rebuttals. And obviously, there are going to be some students that are not going to be very engaged in terms of writing. They might not have knowledge on subject matter. They might not have been into enough to do prep the night before, like gather their warrants together, et cetera. Yep. Um, yep. But the idea is, I still think it'll be engaging. Because you'll have clash between the students who really like want to argue. And then you're going to have a viewer experience with the other students where they're going to be able to like observe uh, the really, like those who are really engaged. And my hope and like my thesis is that that will get them engaged. Like arguing is like a human thing. Like it it makes your, (laughs) uh, makes your blood boil. Like it gets you involved. Yep. And the idea for the educational space, once we have it set up with that timing, thing, the, the timing uh, arrangement, is to run the topic multiple times. So if you're an Ooh. educator, run the topic once, let the top students like go at it, and then run the topic again. And, and the goal in doing that is one, those top students are going to sharpen their blades. Mm-hmm. They're going to get sharper and sharper edges. Two, as the students who are not commenting in the first couple rounds are seeing their clash, they're going to learn and they're going to be like, oh, I've seen the perfect rebuttal of this before. They already did this. Like, I don't know why he's trying right. it again. I'm going to slam him this time. Um, <laughs> right. Like, I can win. I can win this yeah. one. Yeah. And that's the idea. Kind of like have that, have that uh, like iterative nature to it. We might, right. you know, like around, that's probably what we're going to be shipping soon. There's additional features to add there, which is like timeout or put the top students in a separate room. Maybe, okay. maybe like the in-class activities, like if you see students who are really excelling, actually let them go live in front of the class as a presentation 
activity. Right. Um, and then, you know, to, like, I don't know, like there's a lot of like things to handle in that whole uh, arrangement where you have to tell the top students to like chill out for a bit and let the other, let everyone else like have a chance. Um, and I don't if know. had a timeout room, that would be great. You know, just like, a, you know, don't worry, you guys go to this room and you'll be, and they'll be like, wait, where are exactly. you Exactly. That's actually oh. a feature we want to add. Like, legi- like legitimately, that's um, actually something that well, we should think of adding. And in, and in some uh, Socratic seminar circle sets, right? Like sometimes that out, outer circle does not speak at all. Yep. And yes. so it yeah, could yeah. just be a relegation. Like, hey, you're in the, ba- you're in the back seat now. Like, you're done. You're yeah. not allowed to speak for this round. Yep. Yeah. And then give them like some ability to like, I don't know. I haven't. We haven't totally like figured. Like I said, the UX or the user experience for this is very hard right, right, uh, to solve. Right. But those are things we're thinking about. And but the immediate actionable item out of what I said is the time rounds. And the second thing that we're going to be adding in our next version um, is going to be the ability to like move things across administrative functionality. So like you were saying okay. earlier, if yep. someone puts a statement that doesn't fit with the current value, like with the value they put it on, the administrator should be able to move that. And they can just take okay. that statement. Now, let's say that you were talking about the example I've been using is steroids. Like, should steroids be allowed in competition? Um, right. And you're talking about that. And someone makes, and the, the value is competitive fairness. But someone makes a contention that has to do with entertainment factor. Or like, the thing they're valuing their contention is entertainment. Right. The administrator needs to be able to take that and move it from competitive fairness to entertainment. And like, and there's a bunch of other admin type, like we're also going to have the ability to ban users. If you have students that are like inappropriate right. language or right. they're, uh, yeah. they're getting too aggressive with it, you'll be able to ban them or time them out. Like we're going to add both those things in version one. Um, right. And then like the move values thing, we have like kind of a list of what we're thinking, but those are the highlights. And then the yeah. time I, I think is the big engagement factor Yeah, we're planning to add. I love it. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of opportunities and um, we, we have oh, now I'm trying to think this episode does come after the interview. I think we just did with brain racers where we were talking with their founder and, and brain racers is one of these platforms that's trying to put together, you know, some basic trivia, basic um, gamification challenge elements, but like it is almost all timed. And I was, I was even saying before that interview we did with, with them, like I sat there and played it for a little bit and I am a, 30 something year old, you know, academic white guy. And I'm just like bought in immediately. Like, Oh my gosh, I got to click as fast as I can. I got to go as, as quickly. I would need to beat these guys. I'm like, I gotta, is Josh in the room? I want to see if I can beat Josh. Like it, it activated those motivating factors in me immediately. That's not everybody. Right. But like bringing time into a game or into a challenge is a big motivator for a lot of folks. Um, I think, you know, I've also seen, across across uh young learners to older learners that time can really shut people down not even be a demotivator but just like there's the anxiety element there's a lot of things that play into that and those will be the fun things to to deal with as you go into that development cycle of like all right this worked for all these learners but now i've gotten feedback from these 10 teachers saying well their students aren't doing well with it blah 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 blah, blah. and that'll be this you know the revision cycle for your team to say okay what do we do in that case? Is there something we can split the difference? Do we make it more time? Do we let the student add their own time? You know, like there's tons of things you can consider, but I think that it's an awesome place to start to get those learners really motivated in the process. Yeah, I was gonna say I, I just, love the I love the component, the idea of like the timed idea and how you can kind of fit that into 
just creating the momentum a little bit in the the process and also just giving uh, i love the idea of being able to give the facilitator and instructor the ability as we're talking about like being able to control uh you know pulling people out of conversation for a period of time and putting back people back in just any of these i think will and i love any of these components and ideas where we can think of digital discussion especially and mm-hmm. uh, debate and argument differently than how we're currently doing it that's always my thing when somebody picks out like a what's the weakest thing happening in online education and i'll be like if i could trash discourse. how we're doing discourse in online education or in digital space that would be one of the things in education i think we need to get better at so i love this because i think this adds a tool to that space to say here's how we could look at debates differently. Here's how we could look at arguing differently and putting students into a framework to help them learn that and, and help guide the conversation. Um, yeah, I love it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're excited. Well, um, this has been awesome. We, you know, we always say in prep, like, oh, it'll be 30, 40 minutes. Here we are almost 50 minutes long. We appreciate yeah. <laughs> it. The detail is fantastic and we're excited to see where it goes. And, and frankly, I, I'm seriously, I've taken notes. I've got things I'm going to send your way because um, I've actually dealt with some educators in my experience who have gone to kind of research the level of engagement that it takes in the actual discourse process, not necessarily argument, but but definitely in the, in the collective sense making. I know some folks who code like you do and who have the same kind of like almost, have, did you ever watch the movie Hackers from the early 90s? I have not. Okay, well, that, I'll put that on your list too. But um, it's kind of that just like uh, undermine the system, but at the same time, create something good. You know, I, I just, I'm really vibing with all this. I love it so much. Um, I'm going to send all these things your way. So wish you the best. I hope to stay in touch and, and we will have you back, you know, when we've got version two and version three out just to see how things have uh, continued to develop. Yeah, thank you guys so much. And for anyone listening, if you want to get in touch, um, contact at arguflow.gg. Uh, we'd love to talk to you. Um, and just hear back from more people, what you think, if you want to use it, et cetera. And you've got a, you do some pretty frequent streaming on Twitch, right? Do you have a Twitch handle? Arguflow. There you go. Nice and easy. We'll put the links and stuff like that always with the show notes, um, but we'd love to get it in on, on the record here. So uh, thank you so much, uh, Nick. We do a quick debrief in just a second. So we'll hold the recording here and then we'll wrap up the episode. Okay, so we're just going to flow right out of that one. No arguments. Ah, nailed it. This time. Mm. If we were using our new recording tool that we decided we were going to start using right now, uh, I could do like a little drum roll, but I can't. So yeah, next time. Next time. Next episode. No, Nick, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for taking all that time with us. That's fantastic. And uh, frankly, like Josh said in the intro, it's okay to talk about a brand new tool or something in the front end. I'm happy because we did some we did some pre-talk with Nick, some post-talk with Nick. He is thankful to hear from us as educators. Like, what could be the value? Where could this fit? What could we yeah. do with this? How do we develop it? How do we make sure it's working? Like, dude, you're on the right track, right? Like, you've got a, you got a product out. You didn't wait. Good. You start asking for the opinions of people who would be interested in it, who could use it, who could lead and, and guide with it. That's fantastic. So um, I frankly want to get in there and try it out with josh sometime like you know let's just yeah let's just see who wins a debate my friend i think yeah we should have a live debate the main debate will be over what is something we disagree on you know um i i don't pineapple pizza you oh, like it there we you? go okay yeah there the we go value. i think we need to have a debate on that value statement pineapple pizza is good 
I don't know if that's a true value. Sorry, uh, Nick. Yeah, if, I feel like that's probably valuable. not. That feels... Pineapple pizza is good, and um, Josh is wrong. That's my value statement. Oh, really? Okay. Well, we'll, we'll have that live argument. <laughs> I feel like that should be a right weekly, now. <laughs> weekly release on Twitter. We'll have a live argument through ArguFlow. Yeah. No, I like a lot of what I like about this tool we mentioned in our, in our interview with Nick. I think... One, I'm always a fan of early tools um, and yep. like people trying to like you and I joke about this, but the, the ungrading series really brought this out in the two of us on the podcast, um, which is kind of this desire. We're both in a place right now where I think just, you know, transparency with Will and I, uh, we're both in a place right now where we kind of just want to like tear the system down. Yes. Um, like start and, over, uh, make it better. Start over. We're a little aggravated with a few things. Um, that'll come out in a high tech podcast after dark. Um, but uh <laughs> not a real thing um but uh i i really like nick's desire um to change up education you know like there are pieces of education that that are not working that are difficult um and uh, i really like the idea of just like we don't teach students how to argue and how to debate about things and so creating a tool that um guides them through that process and forces them into um kind of a, a parameter of doing that um, and guides them into that process, gets them excited into doing it. I, I, I just, I really love the concept. I think it's a cool tool that could be used. And like you and I, Will, we're talking like how many janky debates have we had to set up in like <laughs> online courses that have been like in this discussion yep. this week, post your thoughts about this and then build your argument and then post it in this other discussion in week five um, where you guys can debate about things. I hate how we do debates in online education a lot of times. Um, I think ArguFlow could really be a powerful tool for that. Um, yeah. having a, a framework for doing it. Yeah. And, and one of the things that's valuable about a tool like this and, and, and much like, I guess the philosophy between I'll use a metaphor here, two metaphors, this is going to get thick and dense and mucky. Sorry. Yeah. Metaphor scalpel metaphorception, mm, a scalpel <laughs> or a Swiss army knife right? Like a scalpel okay. is super sharp and does one thing really well. It cuts things. A Swiss army knife has 17 tools in it. Argue flow is the scalpel of discourse and discursive instruction, right? I think that if, mm -hmm. if folks get in there, they're going to learn how to do arguments really well. And that skill, frankly, if you can learn to argue, have a difference of opinion or wrestle with someone's uh, rationale to challenge their justification, and you can do it healthily and and nicely. Um, I think the rest of the stuff's going to become easier. Like the more you could do and practice arguing, the better you're going to be just at having good conversations and being a part of your you know local civics and and stuff like that will come out of being a good arguer. So I, I'm all I'm all about this thing. Like like Nick, hey, here's my last word to you. If you're still listening, like keep it on the straight and narrow you know if you want to build more features if you see uh, scope creep happen just go build another tool let that tool do the thing you know make maybe a, a an umbrella umbrella company and lots of tools underneath it but argue flow sounds perfect to accomplish the task of teaching people how to argue and that is a skill we do need and i would mm -hmm. encourage you to just run that race if you have other ideas or people push you push the product to, to develop further make new products that's okay um but I, I get antsy of like, you know, <laughs> even Nearpod. Okay, I will say my first negative oh, thing about what? Nearpod. I didn't know that existed the, from Will. On the podcast. <laughs> I hate, I, I just, I almost hate myself at the moment. Um, 
Nearpod got my attention for student engagement, for getting students to interact with a live lecture and to capture certain data points, whatever. And it's good at that. I think it is. But they also have tried to do too much. And there's an element where if you can if you can <laughs> offer 30 different types of learning materials, oh, that's great. You can reach so many audiences, but all of a sudden your quiz doesn't work really great. Like the quiz was the basic tool. The quiz needs to work excellently. It needs to, quiz needs to always be better. Yeah. The math problem tool sounds really cool, but you know, that's still only a subset of users. Like make sure that you're, every time someone uses a Nearpod, they can engage with the core features excellently. Um, I still love Nearpad, Nearpod, hashtag not a sponsor yet, please. Come on, come on over. But um, it's one of those you know, things. I, like, I get what you're saying. That happens in education a lot too. And in technology in general, like they broaden scope too much. Like, I, like here, I will, I will jump on your train for a second. Right. Okay. I love notion. Okay. But I'm yes. always concerned that they're going to broaden too much feature wise that it becomes a little bloated. Um, I say concerned because I don't I don't know if I've hit that point yet with them. Um, you know, they just keep just keep giving me things that make sense. Um, you know, <laughs> if they stop giving me things that make sense, I would but like a, a classic one that we make fun of all the time. Um, we just made fun of them a second ago. Um, hashtag Microsoft. Like they're never gonna sponsor us. Why? Because I think they're the captains of scope creep. Um, they create a tool <laughs> and then they go, What if we just made it do everything else? Captain um, Scope Creep. Captain Scope Creep. Um, so anyway, um, these are some of the dynamics. Uh, and, and I think if they stay focused on this, I really like that concept. And that's why I love some of the features that Nick's talking about adding, like stuff like time-based uh, stuff and adding so, some Socratic method stuff where you could time out students um, and encourage more discussion. All of these things I think are super helpful features and will encourage better debate, better discussion, um, and, uh, yeah, so I, I really like the tool. I think my encouragement would be if you're listening to this episode, you're an educator, you're somebody, you're an instructional designer, you're a student learning to be an educator at some point, uh, whatever that may be, uh, do us a favor and go engage with ArguFlow. They are a newer tool. A lot of the tools we've had on here before have a little bit more, um, what, uh, traction behind right right steps I, I don't know how to, I don't know where I was going with that. There was going to be a metaphor and it was going to make tons of sense and then it didn't. Um, but <laughs> Um, they're definitely fresher, uh, in the space, but I really love, uh, Nick's perspective on education, his desire for ArgueFlow, And I think this could be a very cool tool. So if you're an educator, go engage with them, follow them on Twitter, check out their Twitch streams of them coding. Um, if that's not your thing, maybe watch it once and then, you know, uh, say you did it. Um, but, uh, go check them out and just engage with them in general, check out what they've got and give them feedback. Nick seems super open to feedback about how this could help education. So, um, go provide, go provide them that, uh, we should be helping people like this, be able to build better solutions for us in education. So, yeah. Cool. Yes. Agreed. With that, 100%. With, yes. With that said, uh, next episode, uh, and I say next episode because we uh, haven't written it down. We haven't written it down. Have we? we the have only thing planned. we know <laughs> is that next episode is the end of season three. Yes. Episode 99 is going to conclude season three for the high tech podcast. Episode 100 is going to be coming out a few weeks later. We're actually building some time between seasons these, this, yep. these days. So just another, you'll hear this lat next episode, but you know, a little bit of forewarning episode 100. will have a little bit of a break, uh, but we're coming back with a splash in episode 100. Very excited for that. Yes. 99. I don't know, Josh, we just want to like take, 
take the hat off, take the tie off. I don't, yeah, I don't know what we're like, gonna do. Should it be a Should it should it be um a roastery episode? We haven't done any of those in a while. Ooh. We haven't done a roastery episode much this season. We should okay. should drop it in. Uh, let's just can we roast Microsoft Loop? I know it's new, but I really just want to roast it. <laughs> um, like. <laughs> That could, I've, be good. that could be good. I've looked at it for a whole five seconds and I already want to roast it. Um, the, uh, I no, I, I don't know what, whatever it's going to be. We, uh, we are usually, we've been planning a lot better this season, but I gotta be honest because we've been working a lot on the beginning of season four. Um, we have not put, I just kind of realized we really haven't planned out the final episode of season three. 99 is absolutely the middle child in this moment. It got yes. forgot at, at McDonald's. Yeah. Like we just to left the, the middle child behind. Even know till I went to look at our episode page and see what it was about and go, oh, we <laughs> haven't picked any segment. It just says end. It's literally not episode 99, the end. End. End of season three. But super exciting things to come for season four. Um, and, uh, the, as Will mentioned, the beginning of season four, I'm super excited. We're not going to talk much about what it is just yet. Um, but I will say extravaganza is used, uh, in the, the working extravaganza. title. Extravaganza. So, um, uh, whoa! so I didn't say it, but I said it. I kind of said it. I didn't say it. I don't know. As always, folks, you can find us on Twitter and YouTube at High Tech Podcast. You can email us, inbox at hightechpod.us. Head to our website, hightechpod.us. I threw it in there. Us! Because we keep every single episode, every single series, every, everything about the High Tech Podcast is on our website. Uh, please share that with other folks. Uh, find every information about ArguFlow, about Nick and his team um, on this episode's page. So... That's it. As always, thank you again for joining us for another week as we continue to learn what it looks like to harness technology in the classroom, whether it's physical, virtual, whether it's got arguments or not. Until next time, see ya. See ya.